This is the man and the goat. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Man and the Goat podcast. I think we're at number 20 now, which is a good number, you know? I mean, it's even. um, It's doubles. Uh, Yeah, the number 20 is just a cool number. And it also... yeah, it matches yep, up with 2020, 2020 baby. Yep, and it's you still know? the month I mean, of July, even though this month is already half over. My life is flying by. I'm in my prime. I just realized that today. I am in the prime of my life, and it's just flying by. Like, I'm losing grip of it. I'm losing, you know, it's slipping right through my fingers. So I got to take advantage. I got a lot of big plans, a lot of stuff I want to do. And I wasted about two hours and... 20 minutes watching uh, Eyes Wide Shut today, which if you haven't seen that movie is, uh, it's an interesting movie. Borderline porno, but uh, an interesting movie. Dude, that's an old school movie, man. I forgot all about that movie with uh, Nicole Kidman, right? Tom and, Cruise. Uh, who else is in there? Is it Char- no. Yeah, it, so. Uh, what's his name? Tom- yeah, Tom Cruise. It's a very interesting movie. The only reason I watched it is because uh, somebody I follow posted something about it, and basically they a lot of people think that Stanley Kubrick, which is the the guy who made that movie, along with a lot of other real trippy like movies like The Shining and stuff like that, same guy, Stanley Kubrick, a lot of people think that he was actually pointing out the perverse the perversion of Hollywood, like early before, you know, any of this stuff came out. He was highlighting like Hollywood is a is a is a messed up place. So so, like we promised, we're going to talk about masculinity, the man and the goat. We're going to kind of give you our viewpoint on it. Um, yeah, and I'm going to let I'm going to let Ray start. So go ahead, big guy. All right. So, for me to define masculinity, I think the the two best definitions are masculinity is that which is least feminine. Uh, because I think masculinity, like masculine energy and feminine energy are essentially uh, polar opposites and they're reciprocal and compatible. Uh, so I think that uh, masculinity is essentially uh, two things, right? So it's, it's first that which is least feminine and it has to do with uh, strength, direct logic, um, not very emotional, those sorts of things, kind of the traits that you notice in uh, a lot of men, but obviously there, there's a distribution curve, right? So some people exhibit some of those traits more so than others. And then I also think that, uh, as I mentioned before, and this is something that uh, Jack Donovan has said, that masculinity at its core is being a man among men and what men want from other men. And essentially what that means is, you know, you live by these virtues that are kind of timeless right if you if you look at masculinity over 3,000 years you know the the four traits that they talk about are honor well excuse me strength is always number one honors usually number two and then and then you get mastery or, or extreme competence you know everybody looks up to the male or to the man that's extremely competent in some skill whether you're the best sports athlete or whatever it is you know it's a combination of those things uh and then I'm blanking on the actual other one. It's uh, strength, honor, mastery. 
Kurt? I can't remember the, the other one, but um, sorry. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, it's courage. Absolutely courage. And uh, I don't know why I forgot that one. But uh, no, yeah, but so basically strength, honor, courage, and mastery are masculine attributes that men look up to in other men. And it, you see it. It's like a t- they're like timeless virtues, you know, even uh, in, in all, pretty much all communities across time. Now, the definitions of honor and courage and those things change based on culture and those sorts of things, but but you're always looked up to in that aspect um, based on how the tribe views you and the tribe may be the country or whatever it may be. But I would define masculinity that way. Um, I, I think that's the most encompassing definition. Um, I don't think it's, you know, this um, ambiguous you know, ambigu- ambiguity type thing or can be molded. Yeah, absolutely. Ambiguous uh, type thing. Um, simply because I think people people will know it when they see it, right? We all know, you know, it's kind of like why snitches get stitches or, you know, we have all these sayings that kind of codify these sorts of things because somebody that isn't courageous that rolls over and becomes a traitor or is yellow, you know, like we've had these things, you know, throughout time across cultures that a traitor that is a turncoat or those sorts of things, you know, that lack the courage to stand up as a coward, you know, like we, that's just, these are like the, yeah, can I jump in real quick for manly virtue? So I'm a part of an organization, yeah, which is not secret. It's not a secret organization. Like, you know, I'm not trying to come across that way, but I'm part of an organization at which I'm not willing to reveal. And I'm a part of this, uh, basically, you know, corporate class that is teaching other people how to be leaders in a corporate type environment. And it's what you're saying about the the snitches get stitches thing. Yeah, absolutely. And here's my thing with masculinity. And this is something that women a lot of times lack. And I'm not saying that to uh, discredit women and or badmouth them in any way because, I mean, Lord knows I love women a lot, you know. So uh, <laughs> what, what I am saying is, and I don't know what you're clicking, but it's driving me insane. Um, the, uh, what I, did you just bro. do it again? <laughs> No, I did not. <laughs> what I, I what, my hands what I am mouth, saying bro. is this. Part of being a man and masculinity is having each other's back. You've got to stand up for your friends or the people you care about, which in a company, you know, should be the people you work with or the people that work under you, even more importantly. Really, if you're a man, you're going to stand up for those people. And I brought that up because they the question was, um, you know, how do you encourage people to take risks in, in businesses and stuff? And the answer I had was, you let them know that you have their back. That is one aspect. 
if they believe that you have their back, they will be more willing to take risks because you will take more risks if you have a crew with you, you know? And so, but it befuddled these people. And this is the problem with our society. It befuddled these people because the response I got back was, yeah, but what if your boss gets mad at you because you back them on something that fails? <laughs> and I was like, well, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> Don't be a bitch. <laughs> hey, sorry, I'm going to jump in here. Because, hey, I think you're spot on, right? Like, exact, like having somebody's back, right? Let's break that down. What does that mean, right? That means having strength and courage, right? To, to, to basically to stand up with your spine direct and be a fucking man with some balls that says, Hey, I'm going to take this chance. I'm going to back these people up. And if your boss gets mad at you, you stand there in front of your boss and say, Hey, I did it because here's why. Right. And you take the fucking ass chewing like a man. If it comes to that, right? Like I a hundred percent agree with you. Cause I see that. I see that a lot. Right. Everybody's all worried about getting their, getting their pee pee swag basically. Right. And, And I'm just like, Dude, you know how many times I've got my ass chewed and my pee pee swag, man? Like, like it reminds me of Inglorious Bastards or Brad Pitt. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, well, I've been yelled but at. Like, for <laughs> you me, know, like, it's crazy. I've always been this way. The crazy thing is, is I rarely get my pee pee slapped. Typically, people understand where I'm coming from and they'll be like, that's awesome that you back, you know, that you did that. Like, that's, that, if you explain it, most of the time, if they're a reasonable person, they're going to understand. And my and my answer is, like, because they brought that up, too. Well, what if your boss is just unreasonable? I'm not going to deal in every single situation. There's going to be that. They are gonna, there are going to be those times where your boss will be unreasonable. You can't control all of those types of things. What you can control is you. And part of being you and part of being a strong man is standing up for your people and yourself, no matter what the consequences are. You have to do that. If you are not willing to do that, people are never going to follow you. They're going to see right through you. Yeah, no, I agree. And I I would add something else, right? If your boss is unreasonable, that's all the more reason why you need to be the reasonable one that stands up, right? Like, like, Like being afraid to stand up to the unreasonable person. That's, you know, that's, that's what, men are for those <laughs> essentially right like those are the like men you, we want in the man you're, you're, so yeah that is what we are talking about i want people like that to be my ride and die like all right we're in this together you're gonna have my back i don't want to worry about the guy next to me that he's gonna sell my soul to the devil so that he can get ahead of me no that is not how you actually get ahead and that's a misconception though is that you have to basically sell people out and make yourself look good and you know at the expense of others to get ahead and be successful no you actually don't there's another route and like ray talked about that's part of being a man yeah, no, i totally agree honorable okay. honorable yeah no, i 100% agree right now i think we have a people I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's, you know, this cutthroat culture or whatever it is, but I think, I think they have lost sight of uh, what it means to essentially be honorable, to be a man and and to be somebody worthy of leadership and or worthy of people following. Right. Like, and, uh, and you're spot on this, this whole, 
attitude of uh, selling people up the river so you can get ahead. I honestly that's, that's not can't believe ahead, that there's know? grown adults out there. You're just I'm talking create... about people that yeah. are not like new adults. They're grown. You know, they're grown. They've been around a minute. And that—that uh, that's what they think of is I'm going to get my ass chewed. I'm like, what? I mean, why do you worry about that? I don't worry about that. I, I really don't. I could care less. Come chew my ass. I'm just going to stand there and listen. All right, fine. Thank you. Thank you for chewing my ass. I kind of enjoy it, actually. It tickles sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, it's 2020, baby. Some people like an ass too. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? No. <laughs> but no, I totally agree with you. Man. I, this, everybody's afraid of... I don't know. Well, people, I've noticed a, a large group of people that are just afraid to take risks. But the reality is, man, when you read about great men and the risks that they took, they the risks that they took, like General Custer or, or Theodore Roosevelt, or I mean, you got people that literally like, you know, tame the wilderness. And then now we got people that are afraid to stand up to their boss in a corporate environment that has every single HR policy <laughs> like supporting them. <laughs> and I'm just like, God, look how far we've come, you know? You got grown ass men. I'm like, I might get yelled at. I'm like, have you what? Like, you know how many times I've been yelled at? <laughs> like, uh, and not just by my boss, right? I mean, I don't, actually, I don't get yelled at by my boss very much. I'm there you go. So you hit on something so, I think um, that I actually want to hit address real quick before it pops out of my brain because my attention span, since I'm in my prime, is very short. Yep. All right. So, so, see, I already forgot. Go for competence. It. You said you're competent. That's that's a manly virtue, I feel. Yep. You need to be competent. You kind of hit on it with the mastery of things. Competency is important. And you're you're correct that your boss is not going to come and scream at you and yell at you because you took a risk if it makes sense. And you know how it'll make sense is if you're competent. Because you're not going to make some kind of decision or let the people under you make decisions that are going to be some crazy thing that, that blows up in your face, you know, or their face. If you're a good leader, you're going to listen to their ideas and you're going to let them know if, look, you know, uh, we're going to have to refine that a little bit. You don't have to shut them down, but we may either. That's part of that's part of it. That's part of mentoring people and bringing those people up and teaching them, you know. So it just blows my mind. I just couldn't believe it. And and I, and I I. I said, you know, in the whole discussion, I was like, look, hopefully you have established some kind of relationship with your boss where they know the kind of person you are. And so they're not going to come to you and chew you out for something like that. You know, I, I don't think it's as realistic as what they think. It's a fear. It's a fear in people's brains, you know, and it pains me. Like when a woman says it, I'm like, yeah, all right, fine. You know, I get it. Like for them, it makes sense because they're built differently, but but when men, when a grown man says that says that to me, like I'm afraid somebody's gonna chew my ass. I'm like, dude, you're a you're a pussy. <laughs> yeah, I you man. You're like you fucking cuck. <laughs> That's exactly what you think. Because <laughs> I I'm not gonna lie. I fucking think of it. I'm not gonna lie. That's exactly what I think. I'm like, you're a fucking man. Like embrace your fucking role as a man. Stand up and take your fucking ass to him like a man if it comes to that. If you're not a moron. Chances are it probably won't even come to that, <laughs> you know. And but you said something earlier that I think is uh, absolutely uh, something that you mentioned to me earlier in the week, which we weren't recording. But you said a good leader 
here's what their what their people or subordinates or whatever their group has to say right now you got a bunch of people that want to lead but the thing is is they basically just assume that they have the right answer forever and always and they want to steamroll the conversation and they never take the time to actually see what everybody else thinks and i think that's one thing that i've also seen when it comes to like leadership today you know they're just basically like yeah i'm just going to do this and here it is and then, and then they're they're kind of basically like yeah you got a problem with this here's what i did you know and then and then some people you know like we're talking about are just they're going to go with the flow and then not speak up and then you got other people you know like yourself or myself that are going to fucking basically say, no, this is bullshit. And I'm not going to, no, like, this isn't how this works. This isn't leadership. This isn't followership. Uh, I don't, you know, I don't think this is right, objectively speaking. Right. And, and some people can, view, you know, can step back and view something objective and other people would just go with the flow because they'd rather not rock the boat. Well, I'll fucking rock the boat or rip the boat apart if I have to, if I don't think it's right. Like, you know, that's just how I am. And, and, uh, I'm just not going to sit by and let somebody uh, do something that I just think is completely wrong. Um, but yeah, so you mentioned that earlier this week and I just wanted to, yeah, and for, I would like to address, so moving on, you know, like this, you, you covered the strength thing too, and it doesn't necessarily have to be, you can lift the, you can bench, who can bench press the most, you know, who can deadlift the most. Like that's not necessarily, you know the strength that you need there's nothing wrong with that if you like to do those things because it is going to improve you so i celebrate the improvement you know side of it but the strength doesn't have to necessarily always be physical strength i do think it's important for a man to be physically strong if you're a couch potato sitting there playing video games all day which honestly for all these men just sitting on their their couch their ass all day playing video games these young men and like for if if you're a married guy, I excuse it a little bit more. But if you don't have a wife yet and you're just sitting there on the couch all day playing fucking video games, uh, yeah, you're 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 making a you're making a mistake. So anyway, that is part of strength, physical. The other part of strength for for me is going to be emotional strength, you know, mental strength, those types of things as well. And those are important. Something I want to talk about, and I think that this could probably close up this conversation, um, is men being present in their household. Right now, I do not feel men are. For whatever reason, in our society, Men are kind of put on the side and the woman just tells them what to do. I need you to do this to, for Johnny, you know, go do this for, for Sally. You got to take Johnny to this. You got to take Sally to this. Okay. Okay, honey. Yes, 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 master. Yes, master. Let me run and do that. Yes, master. You know, and, and that's, but that's, I see it all the time. And then something recently has happened and I've told Ray about this. A buddy of mine, a good friend of mine came to my house and uh, we grilled and we're drinking and he's been having problems with his wife. And he confided in me that his wife has done that to him for 20 years and he is done with it. He, he ended up going, well, I'm not going to say that. He ended up right having problems because of his wife doing that. And what I told him is you should have never let her start that. And I am actually guilty of it because I've been brainwashed by society that that's. Uh, that's being a good man is just, 
you got to let the woman do whatever she wants because happy wife, happy life, you know? Bullshit. I am saying that is wrong. And I'm going to sound like a men's rights activist, but I don't care. Men should be present in their household. Men have just as much of a say in their household. Women do not run things. They do not control things, but they do in most people's houses. And I'll give you an example. I was in this meeting again, right? Another example of it. And I laughed at this and I just, I I wanted to say something, but it's just not the right time yet. But one day, one day I will be there. Anyway, so he says, one of the guys in there says that, yeah, my kids are so rambunctious and my son, he likes to, you know, uh, do all these rambunctious things. And my wife says, you know that he does that because he's your son. He, 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 you know, and uh, he's like, yeah, yeah. Well, and then his daughter, she has an attitude and she's has a very strong personality, you know, and all these things. And he says to his wife, you know, she's like that because of you. Right. And his wife got mad at him about that and said, I can't believe you would say that. That's not appropriate, right? And he said to her, which is right, you said that about the son and me? Like, what do you mean? And she said, it doesn't matter. And he, and what did he say in the meeting? He said, like a cuck, was like, I learned my lesson. I can't, I can't say stuff like that to her. And I'm like, what? You learned your lesson? What are you talking about? Like, <laughs> I couldn't believe it. We've got to stop that. Men, you have got to stop that. Take control of your household. You know what's happening? You have all of these boys being raised by women, even with men being there, but they sit on the couch and they don't get involved in their household. They don't take control of things. When sometimes a man needs to take control. I don't care. It may upset some of you women out there, but I don't care. Men need to take control of some situations. We wouldn't have a lot of these problems if men were. (laughs) you're You're on a roll there. Uh, so I agree with you. Uh, I think this whole happy wife, happy life thing is uh, is pretty much bogus, right? So um, the reality is that, in my opinion, in order to be, in order to actually have a happy wife, you need to make sure that your energies, your masculine energy and your feminine energy are uh, reciprocal and complementary, right? The woman in the house most likely doesn't want to be the masculine, doesn't want to take on the masculine role. So you need to basically be uh, you need to basically be that person, that man of the household, you know? And, and I just feel like, uh, a lot of men are just not doing that. You know, they're going with the happy wife, happy life mindset. And they're basically just sitting there and, uh, not, not doing the thing that they're supposed to be doing. So I, I think, I think you're right. You know? And, yeah. Uh, men need to be present in the house. It's just, it's crazy. What I was getting at is this, I lost my train of thought and then it came back to me. So, with my with with my good friend that came and said that his son is having a lot of problems, a lot of problems, and he his wife will not let him interject because she says it will trigger him, it will upset him, you know, and things like that. And I'm thinking to myself, you damn right it will. I'm about to beat this boy's ass. And sometimes I think that's healthy. Now, obviously, I don't condone child abuse, but his son's 19 years old. He's not a child anymore. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, you gotta. I don't know. Like, I'm not gonna lie. If if I have a son, because I don't currently, and uh, he steps to me, I think part of the 
part of that whole dynamic of relationship is you can don't ever let your son beat your ass. Like, like I don't care what it takes. If you got to take a bat to your son, I don't care if he grows up to be six, seven, two eighty, and you got to do whatever it takes to fucking beat his ass. You don't ever let him beat your ass as a father. <laughs> like, like, uh, I never, I never, you know, tried that approach with my, with my dad. And, uh, but frankly, I'm a better man for it. Right. I don't know how I would have been if I would have, uh, cause I'm a pretty big guy and I actually trained to fight. So, but if I ever actually like took on my dad and won, I would have probably been the biggest piece of shit ever. So I, I feel like as much as, as boys want to maybe try their fathers as a father, you they, they'll try it, but you never, you never let them win. Like, I don't care what it takes. You got to pistol whip the shit out of your son. You pistol whip the shit out of your son. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I just feel like that's there's a, there's a truth to that, but it's, it, again, it goes back to what I said. And I think it's very important is taking, is, is being a part of your household. I don't want to say take control of your household because then, you know, it does ring images of, you know, the man controlling his wife. And I'm not telling people to do that. I feel that people with any kind of sense will understand what I'm saying. So I'm not going to actually clarify it that much. Um, you know, if, if, if it upsets you, then what's our email address? Uh, well, tmntg at gmail.com. But here's what I would say. If it upsets you, I hope it, I want to encourage the fact that it causes the worst cognitive dissonance in your, in your mind. And it really, really bothers you because frankly, the fact of the matter is, is we're both fathers of daughters married to great and beautiful women and uh if you if you really think that we're sexist you have this all fucking wrong right it's about reciprocal energy and about uh making sure that the you know your spouse is complimentary to you and not a competitor right that's what we're talking about here essentially so no, I, no, no. I was gonna say just email us you know and i'll, t- and I'll talk to them about it you know like all right well that, that, that's probably a better approach but i'm just highlighting it like Look, here's the deal. Sometimes as a man, you just have to realize that you don't have to be nice. (laughs) I just feel like, hey, yeah. so, you know, I agree with you. You're right. Maybe that's the better approach. Go ahead and email Woody, and I'm just going to No, like if you email me, if you email us, and you're cordial about something, and you're just like, look, I have have a different point of view, I I will listen to your different point of view, and we can discuss it. You know, I mean, I feel like that's part of the problem in this country right now is there's no healthy discourse ever. It's always, you know, well, if you don't completely agree with me, then I hate you and I'm going to ruin your life. Well, I would like that to end. You know, uh, I see a lot of bad things going on and I would like that to change. Do I think it will? Probably not. It's probably going to get worse. And I think that probably in the next episode, we will cover I, I would like to cover some of those things, like where we see the future of this nation going. And I think that that will build stages for the future of, of this actual company and, and, and this, uh, this, well, really this community. So uh, what do you think about that? That's a good point. I, I think that's a good point. And uh, I, I am all for discourse, but I just want to be honest, right? There are some people that just – if you're hearing this and all of a sudden you think that we're talking about some misogynistic fucking handmaid's tale type thing, then you've completely yes. lost the plot. Yeah. And I just feel like there's some people that you just can't reason with. Right. So if, if you, if you are somebody that is reasonable and you understand kind of what we're saying, but you differ, you know, you differ in opinion, that's fine. Totally email. We're totally open to it. But right now in, the, in this crazy world we're living in, 
there's going to be a bunch of people that are going to hear this and they're going to think, oh, these these sexist, misogynistic Dude, nobody, things, you know, feel like nobody you can need ever, to control your woman. Ever, it's just ever like, it's like, oh, away with that with me because I am the most feminist man you will ever meet. I, I, and I know that for a fact. I am the most feminist man. I, I champion feminism so much, but it's not the feminism that they want. Look, I've talked about this before, I think. And I think that I'm, you know, I kind of want to wrap this up and leave it, you know, with the uh, the preface that we're going to talk about the future of this country and where we see it possibly going. But I guess I'll go ahead and say this. I am a feminist. I champion women. I do not like the fact that what is considered a strong, powerful woman now is a slut. How is that a strong, powerful woman? I don't even recommend young men go out there and be a slut. So why would I do that for women? It doesn't make any sense. You, as a woman, should be striving to be a kept woman. And by kept, I mean be with a man that wants you. There is nothing wrong with that. And, and I don't understand. I can never wrap my head around the fact that modern feminism thinks that that's a bad thing. How the hell is it a bad thing for a woman to be loved by a man? Like, I don't get it, you know? It, it just, and, and, well, I do get it. They are not feminist at all. They have been brainwashed by corporations, and I think we will talk about that uh, in the later, in the later, later uh, segments and, and possibly in the next episode. But I'll let you have the last word. I enjoyed the conversation, and... Uh, I'm looking forward to the next one because I have a, I have a lot of viewpoints on that one. You think I got fired up today? I'll probably get even worse on the next week. Oh uh, yeah, oh man, I love it. This is good stuff. So uh, I'm gonna end with this, right? So I'm I will post this. Uh, I finally got some feedback, but you know, since we're talking about masculinity, I just want to talk about uh, some highlights of some things that of some of the books I've read. So it's about masculinity, right? And it's it's a post that I I made recently. Uh, it's like a Reader's Digest of some of the things that I read. Um, that I think would really fit in here. So basically it goes like this, right? The title is Masculinity, What They're Not Telling You. So men no longer understand the way of men and the first job of a man. They're too far removed from what we evolved to actually do. Masculinity and, man- and manliness has been bastardized and redefined by feminists, religion, corporations, marketing firms, etc., to mean what each of them thinks a man should be to serve their own interest best. Most of what men are told is centered around being a good man. Being a good man is not the same as being good at being a man. A man that is good at being a man is often going to be called toxic by feminists. So they'll be attacked and slandered and, and basically try to be changed to a more friendly version of what feminists defined as a good man. A religion has values that perpetuate the growth of a a religion, and they also have their own version of a good man. Corporations will push their own version of what they call a good man in order to market products and maximize profit. Essentially, anyone seeking to understand masculinity and manhood faces a maze of challenges and misinformation. If you manage to stay in a two-parent household with a positive male role model, you should consider yourself lucky. Because frankly, in today's society, that's that's pretty rare. If a single mother raised you, she is strong in her own right, 
but not the best equipped to help boys become good at being men or learning the virtues of men. Essentially, what people don't understand is that young boys are loaded weapons with a makeshift safety switch, especially if they don't have that male role model. So we all hope it holds, but you can see that that a lot of young men are bursting at the seams. And this is all assuming that you're told that masculinity isn't real or, or that it's just a social construct in the first place. Actual good men are not necessarily nice men. Men are capable of immense violence. And what you don't understand is that the way of the men is the way of the gang. And you can see in previous podcasts that I mentioned the gang, but the gang is essentially slang for other men. And as I mentioned before, that those men are in your tribe. They're men that you trust, cooperate, and compete with. Essentially, they're your brothers. People that play sports understand this more than anybody. They're the men in the locker room that you play with and you compete with for positions, and then you fight with and argue with. But at the end of the, at the, end of the day, you're on the same team. Masculinity at its core is about what men want from other men. It's about being a man among men. And it's why we bash each other, harass each other, sometimes hit each other and haze each other. Essentially, what we're doing is that we're trying to see where you fit. We need to know if you fit with the warrior class or with the women and children or something in between. And frankly, we need to know if you're worthy to be in the gang at all. Men weed out the weak before the real problem is at the front door. That's how we've always operate and how we evolve to survive. Because when shit goes down, men need to know that if they're standing up to attackers, protecting their families, their brothers, or property, they have to know that the people in the foxhole with them can handle themselves. They know that they will fight for the tribe, that they will live by the man's virtues of strength, honor, courage, and mastery, or otherwise extreme competence. They need to know that the men standing with them in life or death situations will do those things. You won't turn coat, you won't be yellow, and you won't betray your people. Essentially, we evolved to hunt, kill, and protect. What people don't understand is that we evolved to be the perimeter. We're the perimeter between us, the tribe, or the community, and them, which is anything anything that, propose, that poses a threat. On a funda level, fundamental level, many men understand this. It's why men fear and revere men who exhibit these manly virtues. It's why those men fear, as we talked about earlier in the podcast, uh, they're afraid of their bosses, Right? But the bottom line is that those men that exhibit those manly virtues are often in those positions because they deserve it and because they have those virtues that we all seek. But if you ask a man today what is manly, he'll likely relate it to some materialistic garbage. He's going to talk about the car or truck he drives. He's going to talk about having a beard. He's going to talk about drinking beer or whiskey or being 25 pounds overweight with a dad bod. If you ask a woman She'll list off nice qualities because women and feminists are often trying to change their man. Essentially, part of being a woman is they want to smooth out the edges right, of their man. But the reality is, is that we're not some domesticated dogs that need to be housebroken. Right? We're not good boys. You know? And so much of what we're told is focused on how to be a good man. But if you swap out man for boy, you understand what they're trying to get at. They're trying to make boys into little pets. And that's not what we're, what we're designed to do. And if, if you are one of those people that are falling into this happy wife, happy life you know, premise, then essentially you're missing the point of what you're supposed to be as a man. What you really need to do is focus on your family, focus on your brothers, focus on your community. Find people of like-minded individuals and foster that relationship. 
According to the Dunbar number, which if you don't know what the Dunbar number is, but it's essentially a scientific term that says that our brains as humans are wired to care for up to 150 people max. We discussed this in a recent post or in a recent podcast, but essentially what people understand is that is the true limitation to genuine caring by humanity. Everything else that you're hearing in the media and all this stuff is, is all bullshit. It's media-driven hysteria. It's designed to ramp up your emotions when you watch something on the news about something that's happened in some third world country. Uh, and you're going to forget about it the next time a news cycle, the news cycle changes or something new happens. It's part of this whole citizen of the narrative bullshit that, that as if you could legitimately care for the 7.6 billion people on the planet. You can't name these people. You've never seen these people and you never will see these people unless they end up on the news, but you're supposed to care about them and shed tears about them. But all while this is happening, you're forgetting about your neighbor and your community around you. And this all-inclusive citizen of the worldview, everyone is supposed to pretend and to love like they love each other equally, but no one really does. So what happens is we end up with a society that rewards bullshit pretenders and those that can virtue signal the loudest. When you look up in the sky in this pretend world for something to admire, admire or some leadership, here's what you're going to see. You're going to see billionaires that are accountable to no group who instead of working with their neighbors will chuck some pocket change at some kids in third world country for some publicity, or they're going to build a new factory in the cheapest place possible to maximize profits. You're going to see CEOs, CFOs, and politicians who aren't the best men or women, not the strongest, smartest, most honorable, or courageous. They're the best at making money for some big corporation or their political backers. You're going to see actors, which are nothing more than pretty professional deceivers. These are the kind of people that our ancestors treated with suspicion. We're supposed to idolize men who play warriors in movies while real warriors die namelessly in some desert, protecting some questionable interests that the politicians have said are important. Civilization has become too successful, too dependent, too trusting, too optimistic, too worried and not uh, too worried about not offending anyone and making everyone feel good. The wealthy and corporations benefit from this. Emasculated, weak, isolated men are good for business. The last thing any of these people want are good, strong, courageous, honorable, and extremely competent men upsetting the status quo. When you look up in the sky from your place in this world, you're going to find a shallow, superficial role model because, frankly, America is a sky, has a sky without eagles. A lot of this you know, stuff came from multiple books, whether it's The Way of Men by Jack Donovan, A Sky Without Eagles, Hard, to create, uh, Hard Times Create, Strong Man, or The Way of the Superior Man. Um, there's a lot of good books, but essentially I think it, it capitalized some key points about masculinity and about where we're at today. Um, essentially, we have a lot of people that have their own interest in trying to define what man, what, what a man is. And the reality is, is that you, I think people realize that what we're being told is just not correct. And you can see it. You can see it that when men don't stand up to even their bosses, or you can see it when, you know, they don't control their households and they let people just, you know, they let, they basically just let themselves get steamrolled by anybody and everybody. And I think people feel it. And I think this is something that we're trying to capture and kind of trying to fix because I think that the world needs a strong masculine identity. We're essentially told that, you know, masculinity is toxic and all these other things. But the reality is, is I think the opposite is true. It's not that masculinity is toxic. The fact is we don't have enough masculinity. And what you're seeing is that the lack of strong masculine men in society is allowing for craziness and and just 
I mean, basically, it's just stupidity to roam free. Because the bottom line is that when when real men stand up and draw the line, stupidity stops. And what you're seeing is that real men are just not standing up. All right. Sounds good. I hope that changes. We're going to talk about the future of the country in the next episode. And uh, great discussion. I just want to say, before I sign off, women, support your men. Men, love your women. And I love this country. So let's fight to keep it united. See you all later. You can follow The Man and the Goat on Twitter and Instagram. Just go to tmntg.com. There you will see a link to Instagram, Twitter. Follow those two things. Also on tmntg.com, you will also find some more The Man and the Goat tasty goodness.